You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Damon Martin, MMA Fighting, and I'm here today with a man who will make his return to mixed martial arts for the first time in over two years when he debuts at Arena Fight Championship in December. You all know his name, Artem Lobov. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. I had some audio difficulties. I apologize. Oh, good, oh, good, man. I'm the worst with technology. Like, if this was to happen to me, I would know what to fucking do. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time as always, Artem. How is everything, man? I know it's been kind of a crazy year since, you know, with the pandemic and everything. How is everything with you at home? Yeah, man, the fucking year was absolutely crazy. You know, this corona thing is so frustrating. You know, I can't, I can't even talk about it anymore, honest to God. Like, I'm just, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready just to accept whatever happens, happens. Let's just fucking open everything up and let's get back to normal. Like Sweden, though, you know what I mean? Sweden didn't close anything. They're laughing at the whole world. And we're here fucking talking about shutting down everything, killing the economy, people are unhappy, everybody is unfit now because they've been at home for so long. Enough. Let's fucking open it up and let's go. Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I feel like at this point, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I have I have zero problem wearing a mask in public as long as I can go where I want. Yeah, man, mask I have no problem with. Let's all wear masks, but open everything up. You know, I don't give a fuck about the mask. That's that's not an issue for me. But I have a problem with businesses being closed. You know, and especially here in Ireland, they close businesses like pubs and you know bars and restaurants and. In, in hope to reduce the numbers, but people are just meeting at home instead. So you're not solving the problem, and at the same time, they're killing the businesses. So what's the fucking point? Just open it up and let people enjoy themselves. Let people, you know, build, uh, continue to build their businesses. Don't kill these businesses for people, you know what I mean? Because for some of these people now, yeah, okay, they didn't get no corona, but now their business is dead, and they, you know, they don't see a future without it, you know what I mean? You've, you've killed their life. You've killed their future in other ways. So, you know, let's open it up and let's go. That, that's my view on this at this stage. Yeah. I don't want to start on a negative note, Artem, but to that point, you're a guy who loves staying busy. I know you like, you know, uh, being an active fighter. How much has this year, and we'll obviously talk about the good news, you got a fight booked in December, but how, how much has this year, you know, hampered your fight schedule? Yeah, a lot. Honestly, I had some very, very good offers on the table. I was in talks for boxing fights, you know, bare knuckle, MMA, K1, all of it, you know, and everything kind of fell flat on its face because of Corona. I'm frustrated because, of course, I'm not very young also. Uh, and I do feel the time, you know, is pushing on and the clock is ticking. So I definitely didn't want to take a year uh, off at this time, you know, so... Um, I'm hoping that everything is back to normal and I will be able to stay active. And, uh, you know, because I have planned my retirement in two years' time, so I'm hoping to stay very, very busy for the next two years. And then it's uh, goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much. And uh, that will be me. Why? Again, Artem, you know, you've obviously put on so many great fights. What is it about that timeline? Did you have that in your head from the beginning, two more years, and you wanted to call it a career? Like, kind of give me an idea where that came from. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, from uh, from uh, stats, you know, when you look at boxers, you know, one in five, 20% retires with permanent brain injuries, you know, and, and if you can, if you take into consideration the style that I uh, possess, chances are I might be part of those numbers, part of those stats, and, and I don't want to be, you know, I have a young son and I would like to be a good father to him. So I just have to be realistic. I mean, of course, you can always hope for the best. 
but I don't like to hope, you know, in, in these sort of things, I, I like to look at facts and I like to be realistic. So, um, you know, taking all that into consideration, I decided uh, that I just have to, uh, you know, I just have to decide on the time frame. And then once that time comes, no matter what it is, no matter what happens, I just retire and that's it. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, not, not that, you know, obviously fighters should, and I would hope all fighters think about their long-term health in this sport, but do you think more fighters should take that seriously when we talk about continuing on this sport? And we see a lot of guys who just never retire, never walk away, and you kind of shake your head, you're like, man, you just, you just feel like the permanent damage is going to happen at some point. Absolutely, they should. I mean, the numbers that I just mentioned to you, I mean, this is, in boxing, of course, not in MMA. MMA is still a young sport, so we don't have, you know, uh, as much of data uh, as of yet. But still, you know, uh, just look at the boxing numbers. You know, one in five. This is absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah, so everybody absolutely should be thinking about it, and, and always should be doing the all the correct checks, getting MRIs twice a year, getting full checkups, and um, also considering the style, uh, considering how many shots you're taking in training. And all of that, absolutely, you know, it is very, very important to to look at it that way. Or else you will just end up brain damage. That's just the cruel reality of our sport. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So give me an idea, Artem, because obviously we heard this fight, you know, getting announced for arena fight in December. How did this whole thing come about? Was this really about opportunity and timing more than you were focused on going back to MMA? Uh, again, Corona has kind of ruined, you know, the year for a lot of people. So kind of give me an idea how this one came together. Yeah, so, I mean, I've had many different promoters reaching out to me, and I have been reaching out to some promoters as well. And of course, because the, given the Corona times, everything was very uncertain. Um, so I couldn't be too picky. But at the same time, whenever anybody reached out to me, I said, look, guys, say nothing to me. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care who the opponent is. I don't care what weight it is. But this is the paycheck that I need to see. Once that check is signed, just tell me the date and I'm going to be there. So that's, that's how this came about. Yeah, yeah, and obviously this one is going to be in France. You know, it's a good fight. I, I, I know, you know, Ilias Jeroen is a good fighter, PFL experience. But again, it sounds like none of that really mattered. Yeah, it didn't matter. I mean, the only thing I always say to them is, look, I don't want to fight no shade bags. Because, you know, I've had a lot of promoters reaching out to me saying, look, Artem, we're going to give you, you know, two or three handy fights. We're going to build it up and then big main event. I don't want that. I, that that's not for me. You know, I, I, I train hard, and this is, uh, you know, it, it's like my legacy. You know, I never have taken an easy fight. I have never taken a fight to fight my record. I have never taken a favorable fight. I just fight the best. I fight the hardest fight. Uh, so this has been my condition. I said, look, guys, I don't care who it is, but it has, has to be a good fighter. So yeah. that's how this came about. Yeah, and I had heard that this is just a one-fight deal, correct? Yes, correct. It's a one-fight deal. You know, for me, like I said, I, yeah, I'm going to fight for two more years. So I don't want to tie myself into a contract and wait for promoters to find me a favorable matchup or this or that. I want to stay active. I want to be able to take fights, uh, you know, on short notice. I want to be able to take fights across multiple sports. And the main reason as well, one of the main reasons, is I really want the Tohugo fight. And I want to be able to accept that should that call come. Yeah. Let me ask you about that, Artem. We have talked about that fight before. I know that's one that has always motivated you ever since the incident happened years ago with Habib and his team and Connor and you guys. Uh, 
Has there ever been a fight? You know, obviously the Pauli Malignaggi was a big one. I know there was a real rivalry there, and you really, really wanted that fight. But has there ever been a fight you've wanted more than Zubera Tukagov? Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. This is this is not even uh, one. This is just this is a must. This is not just a one fight for me. This is a must fight for me. I will not stop calling this guy out no matter what. So this fight will happen. It's going to happen, and that's it. To me, I mean, now, realistically, he should be cut from the UFC now. I mean, if you look at it, let's let's look at it objectively. You know, I know a lot of haters are going to come on board now and start uh, saying this and that, but let's look at it realistically. He just came off a two-year ban for steroids. Right then, he misses weight, which Dana absolutely hates. Second, he loses the fight, and not only loses the fight, he runs the whole fight from the guy, doesn't even engage in fighting. I mean... And let's be honest, for half of those things, Dana would catch you in a split of a second. So this guy staying in UFC, if he does end up staying, this is only thanks to Khabib. Other than that, this guy should be cut. And if I'm honest, he should just leave himself on his own terms and let's, let's get our fight done. Let's set it up. I'm busy December 12th, but December 13th, I'm ready to go. And I know ultimately it is a business for you, Artem. You are in it, as you mentioned. As long as they're paying you the paycheck you want, you're happy to box, bare knuckle, uh, MMA. But this is a fight you've literally gone on the record and said you would do for free. Yes, absolutely. I will do it for free. And if any money comes my way, I will will be donating every single cent to a children's charity. I want to donate it to an orphanage. I love it. That's a great idea. And I know, you know, obviously, you know, Connor brought that up recently with the uh, the charity card he was trying to put together, which, by the way, bad timing. You tried to put it on the day you're fighting. Come on, Connor. He's got to know a better date than that. <laughs> I don't mind, you know, and especially that was going to be a charity event. I'm all for it. You know, there is no bad time for charity. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But with that being said, you know, that is a fight that is more personal. It's not business. It is more personal. Is that safe to say? Absolutely. It's a very personal. It's not more personal. It's all personal. And that's why, because there's been so much badness coming out of that whole thing with Khabib's team. So I would like something good to come out of it. That's why I want to donate the money to an orphanage. Yeah, I love that idea. I love that idea. Uh, with that being said, Artem, you know, I know that, you know, again, this year's been kind of insane. I had talked to Dave Feldman over at BKFC uh, maybe a month ago, you know, and obviously I asked him about you. And, of course, he said, you know, of course we want to get Artem back. We love Artem. We want him to fight for us again. Uh, as you said, it's more about dollars than cents than anything else. But is there a part of you, heart of hearts, before it's all said and done, do you believe you will return to Bare Knuckle at some point? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, look at it. You know, they've had some big, you know, signings. They uh, they have some good fighters there, but still, nothing, nothing compares to what I have created for these guys. So if they want to go really big, they know who to call. Do you feel like the trilogy with Jason Knight is a fight that just has to happen, considering how much, I mean, it feels like the attention for that fight would be huge right now. Yeah, I, I would like to close that chapter off as well. You know, Jason is a great fighter. You know, we had two absolute wars with him. And we have to we have to put a dot in that sentence. You know, we have to finish off that book. So uh, let's do a third one and that's it. And I feel it's going to be one of those classic bare-knuckle fights that people might look at, you know, 100 years down the line. And uh, so, yeah, let's get it finished. You know, let's let's not leave any questions unanswered. Yeah, you've obviously done a lot in your career, Artem, in, in terms of, you know, you're, between the Ultimate Fighter and UFC and all the other things you've done, but 
do you feel like in a way, and I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to, you know, completely discount what BKFC has done, but do you feel like you're a guy, you know, who really put bare knuckle on the map with your first fight with Jason, the Pauly Malignaggi fight, the second fight with Jason, like three fights in bare knuckle, like you, I, again, I don't want to take away credit from any of the other fighters, you know what I mean? I'm not doing that, but do you feel like in a big way, you're kind of the fighter that helped put that sport on the map? Yeah, I mean, it's not even about taking credit away. It's not about, it's just fact. You know what I mean? And uh, as Ben Shapiro says, facts don't care about your feelings. And this is just a fact. Without me, nobody knew about that sport. When I when I fought there, that first fight with Jason, the sport was on the map. And that fight with Paulie, you know, put it even more so on the map. And now there's bare-knuckle events everywhere. I mean, I've seen Russia is doing crazy bare-knuckle events. I mean, it's, the sport has exploded. And BKC are doing great things of course, with it as well. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. You, you know, I remember talking to you before the Pauly Malignaggi fight, and you had told me back then, you said, you know, bare knuckle is a different animal. And I use that quote all the time. Bare knuckle is a different animal than other sports. And you warned Polly about that as a boxer coming in. And now we're seeing more and more fighters go into bare knuckle. I'm sure you saw the news, of course, Paige Van Zandt is doing it. Tiago Alves just had a fight recently. Are you surprised or are you kind of like, are you, are you kind of watching, you know, optimistically hoping these fighters understand what they're getting themselves into? Because it is a, it is a much different animal. I still your quote constantly, Artem. It is a different animal in that sport. It absolutely is. And I mean, part of the proof to that is, well, number one, I, I bet a world boxing champion in it. And the second proof is, have you seen Julian Lane fight versus Thiago Alves? I mean, let's be honest. If that fight took place in MMA, Thiago, it would have been quite one-sided towards Thiago. But there, it was a very even fight. It was a very, very 50-50 fight because this is a different animal. This is a completely different sport. Yeah, absolutely. Were you surprised to see somebody like Paige Van Zandt go to bare knuckle? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but I was good surprised. You know, I mean, respect to her. Why not? You know, she wants to uh, challenge herself, and uh, she wants she has a point to prove, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to see her there. Yeah. The other, not too long ago, Artem, you talk about the business side of fighting and you mentioned how it all comes down to business. You put out a tweet recently where you were talking about, you know, things that fighters need to look for in contracts. And I, I loved that so much and it got a lot of attention. Uh, you know, we've seen other fighters start coming on talking about that. Uh, what, kind of give me an idea, like, what do you feel like is the right and the wrong side of contracts that happen in mixed martial arts or any combat sport for that matter? Because I thought your points were extremely good, and I think more fighters should pay attention to that. Yeah, absolutely. The three points that I mentioned, they are the crucial points. You know, they're like, And they're like the basic rights. Because right now, the way it is, this is not a contract. This is just a one-sided contract. You know what I mean? Where a promotion can cut you at any point with no additional cost. So what kind of contract is that? So you're not allowed to fight anywhere else. You have to wait for them to give you fights. But then if they one day decide to just let you go, they can just do it and there's no cost, there's no nothing there. How is that possible? That's number one. And the second thing is where they sign you, they don't guarantee you a certain amount of fights. You know, you, this is your job. So you need to know how much you're going to earn. You know, you know exactly how much you're going to earn per year, more or less. You know, anybody has a salary, they know what they're going to earn in a year. But fighters don't. You're hoping for the best. So how is that How is that fair? That's not fair. You should know exactly how many fights you will be getting per year. And if you don't get the number of those fights, then you'll be getting compensated. So you can plan your future. You can plan your family's budget. It's so, so, so important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know you talked about the win and show money. That's one of the things that drives me craziest in this sport is the whole show and win money idea. I don't think they're getting anything out of it more than, you know, you're, you're, you're basically taking half a paycheck away. Absolutely. I mean, it's whoever came up with it. Yeah, that was a great idea from Bramora's you know, point of view. But in reality, there is no way. I mean, how can you justify it? My, the result of my fight does not affect the profit for that event. Tickets were already sold. Pay-per-views are already sold. Whether I win or I lose, it's already done. So why should it affect my pay? Why should I take only half pay home? You know, that, that's absolutely crazy. My expenses don't change. The camp is already done. So why should I just take half? I should know exactly how much I will be making. So that's a very, very crucial point as well. Yeah. That's why I said, you know, I wanted, because there's been many people that came in and some people had some valid points as well. Some people had some stupid points as well. <laughs> but I didn't want it to take away from this because the three points that I mentioned are very fair, are very reasonable to ask for, and are very, very much doable and will give you security. You know, they're so, so important. They should be the standard. That shouldn't, you shouldn't even ask for it in a contract. That should just be there and that's it. Yeah. So, Artem, you said you got two years left of fighting. When you're done, when are you going into management? When are you going to go into negotiations for other fighters? I feel like you got a future in it. Yeah, I'm not sure about management. I mean, I certainly would like to uh, be involved in some business ventures. That's for sure. And I'm, at the moment, uh, working uh, very hard on setting myself up uh, for that. But... I'm not 100% sure it will be fight management, you know, because to me, you know, I was a fighter myself, so it's going to be very hard for me to charge these fighters, you know, so I will end up <laughs> being broke the whole time and looking after these fighters. Yeah. So as a result, I probably will not be pursuing that uh, that avenue, because even now I have fighters reach out to me all the time, asking me, you know, to help them get fights somewhere, asking me for this, that, or the other, and I always try and help them, and I never charge them anything, you know, because I know how hard it is to be a fighter. I know how difficult that is. I know how very little money there is. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard for me to be a manager, I feel. Yeah, no, I understand that totally. I understand that totally. Now, again, I don't want to take the attention away from your upcoming fight, of course, in December, December 12th, arena fight, great fight, looking forward to that. But considering the way this year has played out, Artem, how busy do you hope to be in 2021? Because at this point, we're only a few months away now. Yeah, so um, I'm hoping you just said how um, am I, how busy I'm hoping to be. So I, I was saying that the, back in the day, someone actually calculated for me, and they said that I used to fight on average every 41 days. So I'm hoping to be just as busy as that. Artem, I, I really appreciate doing this. I really appreciate taking the time. Obviously, have a good training camp. Uh, have a good fight in December, and hopefully we can catch up afterwards. Thank you so much, Damon. Always a pleasure talking to you. All right, really talk appreciate to you, the time. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.